0: what's going on you guys welcome back to the help more sell more podcasts i'm your host jeff Game, joined by my co-host joe marcu joe i'm excited for today's topic are you
1: i am so stoked on this because it is something that anybody who has any inclination of being in the sales game i'm going to tell you right now kids we all, and I say we, in me included, I don't care who you are. You could be Grant Cardone, you could be Dan Locke, you could be T. Harvecker, you could be Tony Robbins. Guess what, kids? Everybody needs to be listening to this particular episode because we all suck at this subject. Every one of us.
0: Yeah, and the subject in question is follow-up. So uh, a, a, almost a slogan that we use, we, we say this so often in the dojo and uh, Burley sales that like, it just seems like a slogan, but the fortune is in the follow-up. And that's what we wanna focus on today. Chances are, if you're in the sales industry, if you have been from any period of time, you know, if not now, then in the past, your follow-up game has sucked. And that's what we're gonna to cover today. So the big question today to get answered is, does your follow-up game suck? This is a time for introspection, like with many of these episodes. And that's really the intention is we want you to be introspective, to look at your own sales processes and discover whether or not you are at the top of your game or at the bottom, right? What could you do better? How could we improve? There's always an opportunity for improvement. And that's what we aim to have you find on every single episode of this podcast. So for today, look at your follow-up game and we're going to dive in we've got tons of key points and of course we'll kick things off with the story time here here in a second before we do if you guys like the content be sure to subscribe to the podcast you can drop us a five-star review on apple Podcasts or spotify we appreciate it if you do and if you know anybody in the sales industry please share this episode and this podcast around we appreciate that very much so story time oh by the way we do have a free facebook group we should probably talk about that more often absolutely because well. so, we need to
1: get more members it's been great Get it's more been in. growing
0: it's been yep. growing we've got content dropping in there now we're going to move the direction of doing some lives in there in the future possibly this podcast going live in there hint hint wink wink you should be in that group uh free so it is help- there there will be giveaways and stuff too it's called help more sell more so help more comma space tell more type it in. I don't think there's anything similar on there. So you shouldn't get buried in the weeds of Facebook groups. There are billions of Facebook groups, but, uh, feel free to join, fill out a few questions. So we make sure you're a real person in the sales industry and uh, we'll let you in. And as long as you're a a nice kind, sharing, abundant personality type individual, you can stay and we'll like you. absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into story time. So story time today, share a story about a time. When you didn't give up on a potential client and it paid off, so in other words, your follow-up game stopped sucking. Like you did a good job with your follow-up and it paid off in the long run. So, Joe, you go ahead and you go first on this one.
1: Oh, that this this leads into something just recently, and uh, you know, it's it's it, it, I, I love it because as a matter of fact, I've got a couple of stories that come to mind, Annette. The first one that comes to mind is I've got some, I've got a couple that are based out of the UK and mm-hmm. Afro, if you've been following the the podcast, you know who I, who you are. His name is <laughs> Afrique and um, his nickname is Afro. And, you know, Afro came into a, first of all, Afro heard me on another podcast as a guest. Then he ended up um, hearing me on a mastermind event or seeing me on a mastermind event at with Vince Del Monte. If mm-hmm. you don't know who Vince Del Monte is, he's one of the bigger influencers on Instagram when it comes to the fitness space. And mm-hmm. I was a guest on his podcast and then he's he, we had such a great time on the podcast that, hey Joe, I want you to come and speak at my master, my virtual mastermind event. Well, these folks, Afro and his wife Farah had heard the podcast and were part of this seven figure mastermind member uh, and and they they saw me spe- speak there. And then they took advantage of coming into a free dojo session. and then they they were thrilled, and then it was back and forth, back and forth. And this is the thing that I want to remind everybody. they were they were interested. They said yes. Uh, we, the, the, the objection was, when is the next dojo starting? We have something starting right around the corner of of today as, as we speak right now. It's literally a few days away. And this is what's interesting. We, we go through the holiday season and I've got an email and the back and forth of the email. I've got them in my pipe drive, my pipeline list, right? Where are they in my sales pipeline? This is the thing that mattered though. We didn't make the quote-unquote sale right then and there after their their guest their guest appearance in the dojo, which is typically what we do. They needed to reflect. And of course, we handled the objection and we all had a good laugh on, on how we handled the objection. And we've changed some of our processes. And that's a whole other episode that we could talk mm-hmm. about in terms of the importance of a courtesy hold and or what yeah. some people call a deposit. But here's the thing about the follow-up. I made sure to get back in touch. I, I've, I, did I do it by email? Hell yes. Did I get a reply? Hell no. <laughs> So what did I do? I went and found them on LinkedIn, didn't Didn't get anything there. Where did I find them? I looked back in old emails and it was Afro who said, I do better on Messenger. Got the message, went right to Messenger and followed up, got a response. And then we reconnected and believe it or not, later today, this morning, as we're recording this, in, uh, in, in just under two hours time, I've got a follow-up call to literally we're closing the deal. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's essentially done, right? So I'm, I'm picking, I'm getting the money today. And so all of this to be said, you know, this is just a, a quick example on the fly where the follow-up, and this has been going on since November, here we are in January. This is mm-hmm. nothing. I think of a guy by the name of, of uh, Sam Parker, who has an email follow-up list. Like, you know, you can get a hot lead, somebody comes into your free offer, and then they, like, you know, somebody who steps in as a guest in a dojo, they're they're hot lead. Like, hey man, they saw a post or they were referred, they take the time to speak to one of our sales team to be able to go into setting up a time to come to a free dojo. And, And if they don't decide, what could happen? Well, Sam Parker, what he's got, he's got this ongoing email, hold list email. Some people didn't buy any of his stuff. Maybe they Mm -hmm. did. He's been doing this for over 20 years. And he keeps everybody, as long as they they don't unsubscribe, he continues to deliver valuable, shareable, and purposeful content. And sometimes the sales cycle, due to his follow-up concept of cold lead, a cold lead can still go into your automated system. and, And listen, people like Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Dan Locke, uh, and and all these people that have been, you know, sales experts as well. They do a great job of this. And of course, I keep building my list. Sam Parker talked about how a guy, after 22 years, finally purchased. And he said, yeah, that's a long sales cycle. <laughs> so it just gives you, it gives you yeah. credence to the fact that you don't necessarily always have to just pick up the phone and it's one of the best ways possible to follow up. You yep. can have a lead go cold and usually they go cold because it's your fault. It's yeah. not because they went cold. It, they went cold because you didn't keep them in what we call the microwave. You mm-hmm. didn't keep them warm. You didn't give them reason to, to remember you. That's an email. Tagging them now in a social media post. I've done that. I've had a list of people that I know they follow me on Instagram and have an offer. Tag, 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 tag. Oh, and mm-hmm. then they they warm back up again. How about you, Jeff? What's What's an example of, of the fortunes and the follow-up and it paid off?
0: So I have a good one I wanna share. But before I do that, what I wanna throw out there is something you just, you just kind of touched on, like keeping them warm. They'll, the, the, the important thing here to keep in mind you guys, and I constantly have to remind myself of this, is that you, that's right, talking to you, the listener,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and me, and Joe, and Chaz, sometimes Chaz, To me, Chaz is is more important, but, uh, you are not the center of the universe. They are Mm -hmm. like every single person in their own mind. They're on their own Truman show. Like they are on the Truman show. They are Truman. They are the person that this whole thing is about. And the problem that we run into is that oftentimes salespeople do not believe that that is true. They believe that they've got such a stellar offer that there's no way there's no way that this guest, this prospect, this potential client could ever forget about me. But what you don't understand, and this has been proven through data research, that after that person leaves, they forget 70% or more of what you just talked about. The moment that they leave your presence, close the Zoom window, walk out of your business, they have forgotten 70% or more of the information you delivered. So that beautiful iPad presentation you did, that PowerPoint, the (laughs) the step-by-step, just super clean feature rundown that you did, they forgot all of it. They don't remember any of that crap because as soon as they walk out the door, what happens? They get a call from the daycare and the daycare has to shut down again for quarantine. They got to go pick up their kids. They get out of there, they get a call from their teenage kid who's stuck in an after school program and they have to go pick them up. They get a call from the school. Uh, snow, you know, has come in. Like we're just dealing with this right now in Michigan. So lots of kids' stuff on my mind because my kids are dealing with this. Okay, but snow has caused school cancellations. Now you got kids at home. What are you going to do? They get a call from their boss. There's something that's due tomorrow. They get into a fender bender on their way home. There's a million things that could happen that will quickly supersede what you guys just spoke about for 30 minutes or an hour. So. Don't rely on your beautiful presentation. Don't think that you had such a powerful impact on this person that they won't forget when they walk out this door, because guess what? They will. And that is why, to Joe's point, you guys need to close today. You need to close a deal right now. And by close, and, and this is another funny thing that I need to bring up, but maybe this is a whole other episode. I would often get salespeople, like my salespeople, my team telling me, Hey man, I made a deal. Like, I'm so stoked. This is awesome. They're going to pay $3,000 I, I, and I'll go, hey, hang on, hang on. You said what? They're gonna, they're gonna pay. They, you meaning they didn't pay today. Meaning you didn't take payment, meaning you didn't close a deal. A deal is not done until some sort of transaction occurs. If there is no transaction, there is no sale. Quit kidding yourself. Don't count that yeah. as a close. It ain't a close dude. So you know, all this to to come back to like, you guys need to get like the courtesy hold, you need to make a sale, you need to make a transaction happen today. Otherwise, the sale has not occurred. So just keep that in mind. And that's what we're really diving into with the whole follow-up concept is like, if that fails to happen, if that doesn't happen, how do you keep this person warm enough so that they're still thinking about you day after day, week after week until they make this decision? We're going to get into some tips uh, on that here in a second, because we always like to hit key points and action steps every episode. Now, real quick on my story, it was about a six, it might've been eight weeks. So maybe like one to two month range follow-up process that I went through. This was selling uh, for a mentorship company that I worked for. And the program was about $5,000. The the issue I encountered was that the prospect I was working with was more than one prospect. It was three people on a team, three owners. Whenever you get multiple owners, you're always at the risk, I mean, probably more often than not, that not everybody's bought in. Somebody is going to be the hard sell in the group. There might be one that's like, hell yeah, we got to do this. There's one that's like, I don't know, tipping point. But there's almost always guaranteed to be that one partner that's like, we don't need this. We don't need to spend the money. We're fine on our own. We'll figure it out. I'll read a book, you know, something like that. And that's what I was dealing with. So I was constantly following up these guys. I had done two or three calls already with them, just shorter ones, uh, trying to like really pick apart like uh, and, and discover what they could really benefit from with our program and where their ROI would be. And we were pinpointing that. Now, this led to them randomly booking a call with me when I was supposed to be on a work vacation. And I say work vacation, like we were doing work, but I was down in the Florida Keys with a marketing team and we were out on a boat. We we're in the florida keys on a boat and we were partaking in beverages and they called me oh and my god i had to do a follow-up call like three drinks in out in the beautiful sun in florida in february and i'm a michigan boy so like if we get sun and warmth in february you better believe i was in the ocean i was swimming around there was dolphins everywhere this thing no was doubt, crazy was, man you're like, all
1: over it i'm from winnipeg i'm picturesque- with you
0: exactly this is is like a beautiful vacation opportunity that i had and i get this call and i'm out in the keys like literally taking this call way offshore i don't even know where we were at that point needed gps to pinpoint ourselves and i had to walk through and just talk through with this guy and i'm used to doing zoom calls this was a phone call so i'm like already outside my comfort zone but uh basically i got him on the phone I sat at the front of the boat. All my friends were in the back of the boat. I just had them turn down the music so I yeah, could talk. Yeah. And I let them know. I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm in the keys right now on a boat. Like, don't take that as a, a humble brag or anything. Like, I'm just telling you that as a warning. <laughs> so then uh, we just kind of like walked through everything again, reminded them of the ROI, how amazing this opportunity would be for them, and they agreed to it. And again, I didn't take the courtesy hold. So, I mean, I was on a boat. I was like, how could I, I can't right. process this payment right here, right now. I just didn't have the the technology in my hand. It wasn't on my phone. Don't come at me in the comments and be like, just open your phone, do a PayPal. We didn't right. do that. And I didn't have the link or the access out there. I needed my computer, which was back at uh, the Airbnb we were staying at. So unfortunately I would to be like, look, let's follow up a little bit later. I'll get you guys set up. And it took until the following Monday, which was like three days later, but I got back, got in touch. Uh, set them up, and they paid. Uh, And and they paid in full, in fact. So, you know, it it was just a funny scenario. I was thinking like, that was the one and only call, sales call that I'll ever take from a boat. And I promised myself that I was like, no more, don't do this again. Mm. Like, that was Mm -hmm. a a fun single experience. Like, Man, you got through that. and You eventually made the sale, but I, I don't advocate for that. Like, don't don't be trying to like show off and be partying and trying to close the deal. Okay, but that this was isn't this is the scenario that happened for me.
1: <laughs> this isn't the, the 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 days of of you know back in the '70s and '80s where hey, yeah. you know, we're gonna have a four martini lunch and uh, the Jordan you know, Belfort. Like, you mean? <laughs> well, that yeah. Those those days are long gone, yeah. man. And you know, follow up has to take on a, a it's, it's a different thing today. Yep. Where if you can't follow up, then can somebody follow up for you? Right. Yeah. Can you have, you have an automated? System? Can, you're right. Can you have an automated system? Do you do you have do you have a service that can do the follow up? These are options mm-hmm. that are out there. Yep. Well, you're you're very well aware, Jeff, that you know I'm part owner of a company that's called Lead Cycles, and for the bicycle retailer. We do the follow up for them because they're too busy. We mm-hmm. listen. I understand for those listening right now. Jeff and I both fully understand that you have to also understand where do you cut your losses, mm-hmm. because you can, you know, the you could be so busy where it's like leads, leads, leads coming in. And then what are quality leads versus garbage leads? Just just because you got lots of leads doesn't mean you've got, you know, who do you follow up with? That's the, the, you know, filtering your leads in and of themselves. Like we could have an episode just of what's the right kind of lead and what's your effective Mm -hmm. cost per lead. You know, that's, that's a, that's a huge deal. Then the next thing is, you know, are you personally doing the follow-up? And if you are, are you following the right lead, or are you are you just wasting your time? Because this is where people go. I need more leads. Well, do you need more right. leads, or do you need more sales? Yeah, that's you know. I that's mean, my favorite so, question to ask. <laughs> because I ask that question often. You know, do you need more leads? or Do you need more sales? Personally, I want to be able to make more sales. I mean, I want everybody that's listening. I want you to be super successful. I want you to be able to make a difference in people's lives. I also mm-hmm. want you to make a difference in your own personal life, which really means that you've developed a skill that gives you the freedom. But don't. If you want to work more, great. If you have the option of working less and having the uh, the ability to have more leisure time, quality time with friends, family, and loved ones, uh, and yeah, revenue. <laughs> Well, that's Can't just you it. Right? work less,
0: make more. Wouldn't yeah. that be great? I mean, well, when you- gosh, just think about your closing percentage. This was like episode yeah. three. We talked about sales metrics, right? I almost wanted to do sales metrics again today. And we'll probably oh, recap it pretty soon. For sure. Because uh, it's that important. But if you know your numbers, if you know your lead conversion, look to your lead conversion right now. In other words, how many leads did you bring in and how many signed up and, and I also want to uh, add this caveat, which I think I did on episode three here. But A lead is anybody who touches your business in any way, shape or form. So don't be fluffing your numbers and saying like, ah, they weren't qualified. Like if you drew them in through an ad or organic posting or they showed up or they called you like that's a lead. You need to know your true conversion because it gets a better, it gives you a better idea of the content that you're putting out there, whether or not it's going to the right people. In other words are you speaking to or delivering the right message to your avatar client your perfect client and if not if you see your lead conversion extremely low there's a few things we can do we can work on your selling skills your objection handling we can work on your lead nurture process but we can also work on just your messaging like are you even reaching the right audience are you getting oftentimes like you know, I don't think this is for me. I was expecting to pay pay 10 times less than this. Like, are we going after the wrong audience?
1: And, and yeah, that's a lot. Is the audience showing up saying, Well, actually, I don't have that problem? Yeah, actually I mean, this you, isn't you, even you, right for me. Exactly. Right. So so suddenly you 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 end up you end up being Jack Lemon in in Glen Gary Glenn Ross saying the leads are weak. And then you know <laughs> the leads You're are weak. weak. You're weak. <laughs> you know? Hit the bricks, pal. So this is the whole thing about follow-up, right? Some of you are so busy, you don't have time to follow up. I think that's a key concept. If the quality leads are are falling through the cracks, then get yourself a system. If you're in the bike industry, go to Mm leadcycles.com and check it out. You could try it out for 30 days, absolutely free. Mm -hmm. If it's for you, great. Because we guarantee that you're making your money back and some or forget it. If yeah. you don't have, if, if you're, if you're, let's say you're an online coach, let's say you're a retailer sometime and you don't have time to follow up. There are tools available for you to do follow up. You could create your own email follow up sequence. Yep. Of course, it just takes time to do it. And then all right, you, could, you could get a virtual assistant, go to Upwork, go to Fiverr. Mm-hmm. And you can have people follow up for you. I mean, the, the, the days of being an army of one and, you know, Jeff and I, we're, we're going to laugh at this. We all start off as an army of one. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many businesses start off in the garage? You've got a concept. You've got an idea. It's great. Now you've got to get to a point where you get other people to do some of the work for you. And that's called salespeople because I don't care what business you have. If a transaction doesn't take place, your business is going to die. Yep. Sales is the cure-all to any problem in your business because it creates the profit dollars for you to pay for advertising, for you to pay for new, new products and or inventory and or more importantly, human resources to be able to get more revenue in. So if you're following up, great. Then, it, it, then the question you have to ask yourself is, are you shucking oysters and finding pearls? Or are you just making work for nothing? Your follow-up, right? When you figure this out, you're going to be finding way more pearls. Focus on those pearls. That's who you really got to clarify. Who am I following up with? And then what's my follow-up strategy? Like Jeff, you and I had this conversation. One of our salespeople, you know, Chris Mm -hmm. reached out to us earlier this week and he said, Hey guys, um, what's our standard operating procedure when it comes to cancellations Mm -hmm. or rescheduling? My answer to that is if this is somebody saying, Hey, I want to reschedule. The answer is we reschedule. Yeah. And then we, we place the onus on them. How important is it for them to be able to want to be able to solve the problem?
0: Yeah. I, I, we're going to get to that. I've got that on my key points. Actually, you're getting at like the ultimatum eventually. Right. Uh, so, so we'll get back to that. What I, what I wanted to cover as well was, you know, just speaking to this point of like lead conversion, you know, do you need more leads or do you need better sales? Um, Ultimately, you guys just have to ask yourself this question. How much money is being left on the table? Like how much money are you leaving on the table, missing out on, because you're not following up? Just take a look at your past 10 leads. How many did you convert? It was two for 10. You're at a 20% conversion. What if you were at 30? What if you're at 40?
1: What would that do to your annual bottom line? If you change that number from, from 20 to 30,
0: And that's without any additional leads with no additional leads. What would happen if you increase your closing percentage, your lead conversion percentage, rather by 10 to 20%. Just think about how many more deals that would likely be. So in this case, out of 10 sales, that's one to two more sales. If you close one to two more deals at the value of your product, your service, what's that worth? I bet it's worth a lot. And that's what you really got to think about, because I could give you hundred leads, but it could also sink your ship. Like it could literally take down your business because you simply can't manage them and when people aren't taken care of, what do they typically do? They sound off about you. So it's like, oh, I filled out this form. Nobody ever got back to me. This company sucks, right? That's what you're going to hear. You're going to get one-star reviews. Maybe if they're nice, you'll get a two or a three, but most likely one-star reviews and that's not helping you.
1: So I want to share with you some sales statistics, and I'm picking this up from the National Sales Executive Association. And this is this, this is something that I've even put um, to to some of the my clients over the years. And it's it, and this is like this is the crazy part: forty eight percent of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. Almost half. Ooh. Forty eight percent. Twenty five percent of salespeople make a second contact and stop. That's it. Okay. Now we're, we're looking at all, like, so, so right now we're at 73%. Just think of it from this perspective, right? Somebody leaves your great presentation and they don't purchase. That happens. That's fine. Now the question is 73% of your competition basically crap the bed, mm-hmm. right? They for, almost 50 don't even follow up. An additional 25% will only follow up once. Here are the rest of the stats. 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and stop. Only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Here's the crazy part. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. And of course, you you, you know, there's statistics that for us, you know, what what is the question becomes, what is first contact?
0: Uh, so
1: yeah. is it a phone call, is it an Instagram? I mean, that's a different deal here again. This is from the National Sales Executive Association. I'm going to get to the point that really matters. 3% of sales are made on the second. 5% of sales are made on the third. Only 10% of sales are made on the fourth. 80% of sales are made on the fifth to 12th contact. Let me re I want to repeat this once again, right? The fortunes in the follow-up. 80% mm-hmm. of sales are made on the fifth to 12th contact. Your competitors, okay, 48% of sales people never follow up. If you were to just pick up the bootstraps a little bit here, kids, and follow up as much as five times, and I know some people go, oh, Joe, that's way too aggressive. Snap out of it. That's not aggressive. You're following up. I don't want to feel pushy,
0: though, Joe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't want to to chase my
0: clients. They come
1: to me. It's it's not like they're people walking into a grocery store buying bread and milk here. Okay. We're not dealing with grocery stores, we're dealing with people here that have. Quality high ticket services. Whether you're in coaching, whether you're in high ticket retail, th- that to me is the audience that we're speaking with. Real estate, mm-hmm. uh, copywriters. We they, that's what Jeff and I are, are looking to speak to you, mm-hmm. and are looking to help more so that you can sell more. So here's the deal, you guys. Eighty percent of sales are made on the fifth to twelfth contact. Think of, do you have competition? I'm going to ask everybody right now. You, the listener, do you have a competitor? Yeah. I I guarantee you you do. (laughs) And if you don't, you will. So we all have competition. If if essentially three quarters of the competition aren't following up, what happens to your business if you start being consistent with your follow-up? I guarantee you something. Way more money. You're going to help more people. You're going to sell more product. You're going to sell more services. You're going to sell more coaching. The key here is what are you doing to follow up? So what are some follow up strategies, Jeff?
0: Yeah, if you guys want to stop burning cash, I could literally just like hear and smell $100 bills lit on fire (laughs) as you were going through those metrics like that's what those salespeople are doing. It's absolutely absurd to 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 have the audacity. And I hear this so often, Joe, and I know you do, too. I don't I don't wanna chase my clients. I don't want them to feel like I need them. I don't wanna be pushy. I don't wanna be salesy with these follow-ups. What if I call them and they're having dinner? Bro, they came to you. They yeah. came to you in the first place. The only reason they're a lead in your system is because they were interested in what you were offering. So yeah. if someone's interested in what I'm offering, it's not like I'm that dude at the mall kiosk that's trying to like spray you with cologne and be like, hey, smell this, it's great. Like you're at the mall to shop for something, you're not looking for cologne and I'm trying to sell you something you don't need. That's door-to-door sales. We're not doing that. You guys are creating valuable products and services and you're putting it out there. You're planting your flag and you're saying, this product, this service is amazing and it will help you in these ways. That's your value proposition. And somebody saw that flag, walked over to you and said, tell me more. And you're like, well, I don't wanna chase them. That's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and if you it, can't it tell is. it gets me a little fired up right because every time i hear that especially from like gym owners i get it all the time personal trainers gym owners like i don't want to be pushy like you're telling me that you planted a flag and said that you have the best fitness service in town and you're afraid to call a person back what like yeah. you can't plant a flag and not call back that's dumb so is this- come on <laughs>
1: the the, you you nailed something right on the head there jeff and this is where it it all stems from a lot of people aren't doing follow-up not because they don't have the systems but because they're afraid to take the action step because what's happening is and this is okay you guys this is for everybody that's listening this is totally okay to feel uncomfortable with this concept of i've got to reach out and get out of my comfort zone i'll be the first person to admit there's a lot of times where it's like, "Oh, I got I I just don't want to follow up." Right. And meanwhile, I've got this list, right? I've got mm-hmm. papers in hand right now, of people that have expressed interest, I went and spoke at an event, and you know, again, right? Some people didn't put a courtesy hold down, they didn't put a deposit down, so we've got to follow up with them to get them on board. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That requires us and and I mean, I just closed a deal with somebody where I followed up with them 6 times. Totally mm-hmm. worth it. It was worth yeah. it, and it was like Send, a, send an email, send a text. I ended up, here's what's interesting. With this particular guy, I had his email address, his personal um, mobile number, his his uh, store number, and even his father's mobile number on this sheet. <laughs> I shit you not. I can't make this up. And so like follow up, follow up, follow up. His store's in Boca Raton. Yeah. I ended up sp- calling his dad on his mobile number. He was in Portland. And his dad wow. was in a bar saying, listen, I can't take this call right now, but this is great, Joe. We are signing up. Well, okay, well, I, the transaction didn't happen. Guess what? I followed up again. Guys, sure. I mean, you, you have to have systems in place. And where where are your prospects in your pipeline? Like, we've got a system where we can tell where people are in the pipeline from. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just going to walk through this real quick here. Are they, we figure out where they came from. So let's assume it's, okay, they're, they've gone from cold phone call or they came from a social media post or wherever the Mm -hmm. lead came into the funnel. Then it's okay, follow-up, right? Did we do a follow-up call? Did we have Mm -hmm. a discovery call? Did we put them in the microwave? Did we put them in the email sequence? Did we do a 15 minute clarity call? Did we do then a discovery call? Do you understand There's, there's steps in the process? Now some of you may be listening to this right now and go, yeah, we've already got a pipeline. We understand that. If, if you're a retailer this is a great example because a lot of retailers they go well people come in the door yeah and then they say i need more leads so i need to advertise it's like well wait a second right best example of this is i, I know retailers that that will go and they'll they'll do a trade show mm-hmm. right perfect example i went to the barrett jackson car show right the Barrett jackson car auction mm-hmm. and you think it's all about cars I'll tell you what they've got a trade show area they're selling everything yeah, okay they're selling everything from exercise equipment to artwork to cars right to mm. accessories for automobiles to electric bicycles to kitchens bathrooms uh the, the uh outdoor wow. patio furniture it was i'm telling you there was there was, it, it none of it made sense right. uh hair and makeup it was everything right because people are there they're looking at buying. or or an at an auction for cars ranging from you know 50 grand there were multi-million dollar cars going up for auction so this trade show area what's the point why am i bringing that up well when you walk into a trade show and you're just snooping around Mm -hmm. guess what somebody's gonna buy and you're competing now not just against another let's say you're you're selling uh, let's say you're selling cell phones. Well, guess what? You're not, you're not just competing against other cell phones. You're now competing for dollars because if they okay. don't buy your, your product in your booth, you're gonna be buying that barbecue or that patio furniture or mm-hmm. that uh, hot tub or the fishing equipment over there or the exercise mm-hmm. gear or that Peloton bike or whatever. Because all of these things are available in this trade show. So if they don't buy on the spot, then what do you do? And this is the major mistake. You want to talk about follow-up nightmares? People will go, well, thanks for coming in the booth. See you later. And then they never follow up with people. Because you have so, no info.
0: Come on, it, bro. I mean,
1: so, so, I mean, if you're spending money, and retailers are, are notorious for this, they, they just they, they spend money on their lease. They've got their staff. They've got their stuff. Now they move all the way to a trade show, and mm-hmm. they're spending money on the booth space. They're spending money on staff and the cost of being there and everything else and then they put up a fishbowl, right? Their idea is a fishbowl and they're gonna enter to win, which I think is a great idea. Okay, great. Now the problem is if you're putting a fishbowl and you're getting pieces of paper, you can't read the damn pieces of paper. So then, and then somebody's gonna win something. Like we've helped people with this in the past where we're gonna give away a free electric bike. At this trade show okay terrific so now you've got all these people hanging around all the cost of you being at this trade show your staff and everything else being there and you give away a bike and you want to what chalk that up for marketing waste of your time waste of your money mm-hmm. i'm going to give you guys a hint at something that's gold right now okay you want to talk about execution and something that's awesome if you've been listening through this podcast right now this is going to be worth millions to you right now i shit you not you you up your First of all, you give away a free draw. You do not, you do your free draw of whatever you want to give. You don't do it it, on paper because you can't read everything. And then the the likelihood of somebody actually doing the data entry after a busy trade show is next to nothing. And you won't be following up. Get an automated digital follow-up system. Get people to enter their first name and email address at the minimum so you can have an automated sequence. Okay? We do that, right? Then the next thing mm-hmm. is you do your draw. So let's just say we we you go to a Bear Jackson car show, which by the way is a ten day trade show, and you you collect. Let's just use a small number of a thousand names. You only get a thousand names, which by the way a thousand is nothing. I've done a ten day trade show at the Calgary Stampede. Calgary Stampede will typically get one million people through the gate over ten days. A million. So I'm just going to say 1,000 people, okay? So at a 1,000 people, you get one winner. You draw the name of the winner and you say, hey, congratulations, Jeff, you're the winner of our free item. You have 999 other people on Mm -hmm. your list. And you email them and you go, subject line, good news, bad news. The bad news is you didn't win. Our winner was Jeff. The good news is you're a runner-up. Everybody on the list is a runner up. Everybody, 999 people that you could follow up with because they put their name in, because they said, I'm interested. And what did mm-hmm. you do? You followed up. You're already 52% better than the 48% people of the people in sales that don't follow up. Do you guys smell what I'm standing in? I feel like I'm screaming in the mic right now. It's like, <laughs> if you don't follow up, you're dropping a fortune. Yeah. That's just one small example of only one contact. If you did 5 to 12, 80% of sales are made on 5th to 12th contact. So when I hear, oh, yo, this is way too many emails or too many t- texts, are you kidding me? If you don't do it, somebody else will, I promise you. There's a difference between being pushy and aggressive and, mm-hmm. and being assertive. If you're gonna be passive in your approach, I promise you, you are the gardener in a war. And I'm suggesting to you that you're better off being a warrior in a garden. Now, I'm not suggesting that the messaging that you're doing during your follow-up needs to be pushy or aggressive. What's your messaging? That's different, right? Mm -hmm. What's my approach? However, if I put it out there, where somebody came to me and they said, yes, I'm interested, it's not a question of being pushy, it's my obligation. We are all obliged. And until it's okay, if somebody unsubscribes or says no and it's truly a no, I'm okay with that. It's, it's fine.
0: At least you've taken the shot, man.
1: Absolutely. Dude,
0: be the I know you love hockey references Wayne Gretzky. Miss yeah. 100% of the shots you don't take.
1: That's it. You're going to miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You got it. Come
0: on, people. You're just leaving money on the table. Let's not do that. All right. So quick key points. Let's get into some action steps here to close things out. Uh, So number one, you know, Joe hinted at this. Get a system, a system of some sort. At the the very least, you can take a Google spreadsheet, right? Let's just say do a Google sheet. If you are using a lead capture form, which you should be on your website on a landing page of some sort, you can actually create automations. Uh, one example of which would be a company called Zapier. So Z A P I E R, Zapier.com. Go check it out. It's pretty cheap. Uh, it's actually the the free version's fine, but you can do like multi-step automations from app to app uh which makes it simple to take say a wordpress form from your website and automatically move that leads info in 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 the entirety uh to a google sheet so you would have individual columns for like their first name last name phone number email and this makes it really easy to organize and track that data for one for two you can simplify your lead management system here by just green yellow or red lighting each of those leads so green they signed up or maybe if you have like a booking list and then a like sign up no sign up list right or they showed up to your sales appointment they either buy or they don't right
1: warm cold
0: yeah so you've got your green is like they're in your your yellow is tipping point type situation we're not sure where they're at they need to make a decision they're stuck on maybe that's as as good as a no to me, it's, it's a bad situation. Yep. But then a no or a definite not is red. So that's just like, th- that's how I started any business I was working in uh, w- with sales. Eventually you level up to something that like lead cycles, you have like pipe drive, you have CRMs that are out there that do this for you. But if you want a cheap to free, simple solution, just do that WordPress form or lead capture forms, automation connected to Google sheets and then track green, yellow, red. So there's a simple place to start now from there uh you go to what is the messaging joe was hinting at this so do you create your own email automations do you have uh, personal touch points now this comes down to what we think of as like the prospect or the client journey the guest journey because we like to call our prospects guests on the show it's mm. just a, a way better term so our guest journey is going to look like this they enter your system your sales funnel as a lead they have become a lead What happens? What's the next step? What's the cadence of contact? So do you contact them once a day, once a week? Is it more contacts up front? Probably what I would suggest. And then, you know, slightly delayed as time goes on. How long do you keep them in each of these stages? Joe was hinting at, we we keep our leads in these different stages or automations and you can move them through that or sequences uh, rather where different messages are being delivered. Uh so for example, up front, they're hot. They're a hot new lead. We're gonna hit them with like, hey, let's book a call, let's talk soon, all of that. They've been in the system a while, they're cooling off. Like, let's throw them some value. Like, how can we pump them back up, return yeah. them to the microwave, take them back to a warmer setting? So you you gotta think about things like that. You could also have a, a free Facebook group, like we have, where you yeah. can put people into that and you can deliver value on a daily or weekly basis. And that's a method of keeping them warmed up. Cause sometimes it just takes a while for them to make that decision or get to that boiling point. I think we talked about this in our dojo yesterday, yesterday yep. right, Joe? Was, that was uh, Sam Parker. Temperature.
1: Who, yeah, Sam yeah. Parker, who talks about the difference between 211 and 212 degrees. It's just that one degree. At 211 mm-hmm. degrees, water is boiling. At, two, or at, at, at 211 <laughs> degrees, water is super hot. At 212, it boils and it creates steam. And that mm-hmm. steam can move a locomotive. And that's the difference between 211 and 212. So the question we have for you is, Are you just like Sam says, are you 211 or are you 212? And what Jeff yeah. is talking about with all these options that you could do, and many of you, you're, you know, you're salespeople, and I, we know you're busy. If you can't do the follow-up yourself, the idea of spending a little bit of money and having somebody do it for you, done-for-you services whether it's lead cycles or getting a copywriter, getting somebody who can understand your sales funnel and they can build it out and create the automations for you, Chris Fougere, who's a friend of mine, who's the Freedom Marketing Coach, Daniel Lamb, who's in the Dojo and he's a black belt. He he does this kind of thing, right? With Holland Creative, like mm-hmm. these are people that you can reach out to and get them to do it for you because if your focus is on sales and you want to work on just the incoming and yeah okay if the leads fall into warm or cold you should still have them in some kind mm-hmm. of follow up because if you don't you're leaving way too much money on the table so if you if the, no. doing it all by yourself you know my coach Craig Valentine will say I if hearing the words I will do it myself those five words they hurt his heart If you're an entrepreneur, the idea is you want to automate, delegate, and eliminate. So doing it all by yourself, you're just going to work yourself to death. Let somebody else do it. Hire it out. Because if you're not following up, because ultimately, what should be the number one thing that should drive your business? It's why Jeff and I are here. We're sales. The number one thing you should be doing every day if you're doing things that are not sales related in your business right now my question is what are you doing like like it's like having a it's like saying yeah i I, i'm i'm a coach and i'm building out my program well wait a minute you you can build out your program all you want are you creating sales to be able to get people in your program because you can have this beautiful program all on a document it makes nothing for you you're not making any impact until you make sales get people in your program you could literally be at a position where you know what my program i need to deliver this by monday okay well it's friday you can create the program this weekend make sales monday through friday Does that yeah. makes sense jeff
0: I've seen this time and time again with gym owners. It's they—they have the best programming, the best coaches. uh, Their their uh, SOP manual is fantastic, and they close down in the next eighteen months. Why? Because they didn't focus on sales at all. I'm sorry, but sales is greater than operations. You do need operations to keep a business going, but what's the point of having perfect operations and retention systems if there's nobody to retain or operate for?
1: Yeah, you got to. Hey, sales. (laughs) Follow up, let's go. Yeah. What's right, the so, action step, Jeff, as we yeah. close out today's episode?
0: So briefing on, briefing on action steps, <laughs> get off that soapbox. I'm gonna take the soapbox away from Joe now. Uh, it's in the closet at this moment. I'm locking the door. <laughs> All right, so quick action steps. Number one, find a way to have automations. I want you guys to think about this uh, and, and as, as far as like a safety net, right? Your automations are your safety net. They're designed to be there to try to keep somebody warmed up and not let them fall through the cracks. So you don't lose track of them. Have some sort of tracking system. It could be as simple as Google Sheets or as nice as lead cycles or some other CRM, some other application like that, just to help you keep track as well. Have personal touch points there as well. You Mm -hmm. cannot leave automations as the only method of contact. You have to have personal contact. Now to Joe's point, that doesn't have to be you. And long-term should not be you. It might be you in the beginning. You know, you're just a a sole proprietor. It's just you, I get it. But eventually, as soon as possible, after you make some sales, hire somebody to do it. It Could be a person, could be a VA, could be a company. Something like that would be the way to go. And then have short-term to long-term strategies. So in most businesses I've worked in or started, we have a 30, 60, 90-day follow-up system followed by a long-term lead nurture, which goes to 180 to 365 plus. And that looks like this. 30 days, I'm contacting the shit out of these people because they're hot and I need to do my due diligence and try and get them started. 60 days, they're moving to that lukewarm setting, so I'm gonna just keep trying to push. 90 days, they're definitely tipping towards cold, so it's like make or break. This is where I call uh, out, out the tipping point versus the ultimatum. So at some point in those 90 days, I'm probably gonna deliver an ultimatum if they've been on board. Like, so if they've been like, yes, yes, yes. And yet we're just delay after delay. Hey, next Friday, hey, the next Friday, I'm gonna present an ultimatum. And don't be afraid yep. to do that. Like, I don't consider that to be wasting a lead because I've closed many of those ultimatums. You're not gonna close It's
1: okay them to be able to, it's okay to come to a meeting and say, hey, you know what? Let's just confirm mm-hmm. that maybe not an option today. Mm -hmm. Now, yes is is a great example, no is is acceptable, maybe is not on the table
0: Off the table. Exactly. So it's okay to do that because we can't just let them kick rocks forever, right? Now, that in mind, there's a couple things you can do if they do kick rocks forever and you're having trouble getting a hold of them. I call this the dead list. Right. So you should, every business should have a dead list. The dead list consists of leads that uh, entered your funnel and never showed up again, never communicated with you. Maybe they showed up for a sales appointment, never bought, never got back in touch with you. Maybe they were a client and they canceled as long as it was on decent terms, then they belong on this dead list. And the dead list is something that I'll hit up every six months. So every 180 days, I'm just going to send out a very simple email, literally like five to 15 words, just, are you still interested in improving your revenues, your sales metrics, uh, growing your business? Something along those lines, whatever's appropriate yep. for your business. Are you Would still you interested? Would you like to revisit? This? Yeah, that's it. Something yeah. very, very simple: five to fifteen words, simple subject line that's about the same thing, and just shoot it out there. You're going to get like a three percent response rate on this. I promise you that it's going to be very low, sub ten percent guaranteed. Three percent is my average. And Worth an with- email blast though. Exactly. So imagine that there's a hundred people on that list. You get three responses. A thousand people, you get thirty responses. What could you do with thirty responses? Thirty conversations started back up with individuals. There's an opportunity yep. there. And what? How much time did it take me? Uh, two seconds, because I made the email and I batch that email out through MailChimp, whatever your email client is. Just boom, done, sent. You could even set it yep. up to automatically send every six months to that dead list. Then it takes you negative five seconds. So that's think it. about it, just easy opportunities there, you guys. And that's what we want you capitalizing on. So ultimately, what does this all come down to? What was the, the big picture today? The big question we asked at the beginning of this episode was, does your follow-up game suck? And at the end of the episode now, you need to take action on that. If your follow-up game sucks, and don't take that personally, come on, we all suck at stuff. So we all do. So- it's okay to say your follow-up game sucks as long as you intend to take action on and improve that follow-up game. And that's our intent from today's episode. And this ended up being like kind of a longer one. I mean, we we got into it. We got heated about stuff. This is obviously we something to care about, right, Joe?
1: Absolutely. And we want you guys to keep coming back and listening to our, yeah. our podcast. So make sure you click that subscribe button, give us a big like, and you know, if you if you could, guys, give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate that on whatever platform that you're listening to.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. And uh, tune in every Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern. We drop another episode. We look forward to hearing back from you. And you should also join the free Facebook group, Help More, Sell More. So we look forward to seeing you there and interacting with you. Thanks again, you guys. Chaz, take us out.